And on front page with me this morning is Parkarin Krishnan, former senior producer at Al Jazeera and columnist at The Star. Also, Naila Huda, reporter from Astro Awani. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Okay, now the first headline is PPBM's entry into Sabah. A dilemma for Warisan, according to one analyst. Uh, Party Warisan Sabah could be forced to drop its multi-racial agenda and shore up native support ahead of PPBM's arrival in the state. This is according to political analyst Arnold Puyo. He said uh, Warisan could feel pressured to abandon its tact in order to quickly corner the Bumiputra vote that is also PPBM's audience. What exactly is the concern here of having PPBM in the state? Surely it's not just the Bumiputra vote. Parkrin? Let me put it this way. This is quite huge for Sabahans. I think there's going to be some turbulence in the land below the wind. And um, let's go back a little bit of history. Ironically, it was Dr. Mather who who took Amno into Sabah in 1995. And uh, there was a lot of upheaval. If you remember history, there were some bombs, you know, going and all that because of some issues with the party Pizzatu Sabah, which had won the elections. And now it's... Uh, he went there and he took over and uh, they had this rotation of chief ministers based on probably ethnicity. Mm-hmm. You had first the Malay Sabah and then you had the Karazandu soon for two years and then the Chinese for two years. But that somehow got off track and now it's back to the Malays. Sabah controlling it. So what happened then is going to happen again this time. But it's in a different form. The name of national unity is going in. But actually, like what the analysts fear is going to be a real crisis for Warisan. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to attract Warisan members into Amno definitely. And with that, the power equation changes. The demands will change. There'll be more demand for positions. So what's the need for Pazatu to be there other than just to strengthen their own party in, uh, nationally? What are your thoughts, Huda, on this? I'm not sure what will happen, but I hope what doesn't happen is that, as you said, Warisan will lose its tact and, you know, appeal to or sort of accommodate to these partisan politics because what will happen from that and what always happens is that partisan politics gets on the forefront and what puts what is being put at the back burners, uh, you know, the grievances of the Sabahans and uh, that's, that's what has always happens. So I hope that's not what will happen you know right. I don't think partisan politics should dominate completely you know the, the agenda of Saban politics right uh, how will this affect the dynamics of the coalition but, but let's remember that the, there's no law broken here mm. I mean everybody has a right to, to enter but there was a moral understanding that before the election that no Pakatan Harapan parties will, I mean, Bersatu in particular will enter Sabah. But that has been broken. I mean, among other uh, Among others. <laughs> I mean, morality and politics, mm. I mean, don't go together, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think the equation is going to change massively because there's going to be reaction. Yeah. I hope, like Naila, hopes that nothing's going to happen, but it's quite inevitable knowing Sabahans because you have lots of political frocks in Sabah. Mm. We all know that. So they're going to cause problems. Okay. Yeah. Well, coming up, Pa says they are defending Tun Dr. Mahdi Muhammad as he himself seems to be alone in defending Malay Muslim interests. We've got that headline um, up next. Of course, with me this morning is Naila Huda from Astro Awani and Parker and Krishnan, columnist at The Star. That's up next here on Light. 
And on front page today, I've got uh, Naila Huda with us uh, from Astro Awani, also Parkrin Krishnan, columnist at The Star, former senior producer at Al Jazeera. Now, here's an interesting headline. Pa says they're defending Tun M as he is alone in defending Malay Muslim interests. And in a statement yesterday, Party Information Chief Nasruddin Hassan alleged that there is a movement to unseat Tun as Prime Minister, which he said may adversely affect Islam and the Malays if successful. So, Naila, what are your thoughts on this potential alliance? First, I don't think uh, Tunem has been alone in defending Malay Muslim interests. I think there are other figures in his coalition that has been sort of continuing what has been happening in terms of the appeal towards the Malay Muslim voters from the previous government. And I think that's a bit of a disappointment perhaps mm-hmm. to, to their voters um, because uh, obviously we expect change and we expect uh, yeah really change in their in the, in the way they appeal to their voters. Do, do you think that PAS is taking more a stance on Tun N versus Dato Sri Anwar? Is this a message that they're trying to kind of get through? I think for someone young like me, I'll be honest, I don't care much for political games mm-hmm. and um, all this seems like to me and to my fellow other young participants in this <coughs> political system to us it's really just just yeah just that just political games and um really continuing what has been happening before and uh, it really doesn't appeal to any of us and it's it's nothing new <coughs> and it also could be just them trying to stay relevant in the right. in, in the midst of what's been happening with past and uh so it it could be just trying to get them uh, to stay a bit more relevant Parkrin, your thoughts interesting Thoughts from the young woman. It's a bit different from a person like me. <laughs> <laughs> Veteran. <laughs> no, I, I think I'll go deep inside to what's happening there. Uh, mm-hmm. First, I think that that stuff about word of no confidence, uh, that's all hogwash. I mean, that's an afterthought. Uh, they're trying to pit Dr. Ma there and Anwar mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But I think the problem is they are in, in deep whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know what's happening on the 90 million thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's lots of evidence on the flow of funds. So they're caught. Okay. So they have to Touch go themselves. to there <laughs> and, and, and say, look, we support you. Yeah. I, 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 find, I find it very, uh, I find it extremely hard to fathom Hadi's logic. Mm. In Camera Highlands, you oppose the candidate because at first they say it was a, a non-Malay, non-Muslim. And then you say it's DAP. But hey, DAP is keeping Mahathir in power. I mean, hugely responsible. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't support DAP, how could you support Mahathir? There must be some underlying reason, which I think is, is the 90 million ringgit stuff. Right. How can you oppose, uh, support your number one enemy in the past? That is unbelievable yeah but what Hari does not understand or maybe he does but he you know politically they don't speak openly that is uh, people are so aware what's happening behind the scenes you you can't just whitewash and, and think we do not know yeah. anything at the same time I'm wondering why Dr. Mother could openly come out and say Pass is supporting us he appeared yeah. happy yes I, I mean, he didn't say I'm happy but he appeared yeah. happy knowing that they're running down his fellow uh, leaders mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who, are, who, are, who are keeping him in power with me on front page is Parker and Krishnan a former senior producer at Al Jazeera and columnist with the star also Naila Huda reporter from Astro Awani when we come back uh, we'll take a look at funding for Chinese schools and UEC these are different things according to one academic that's up next here on light.
On the front page this morning is Parkrin Krishnan from The Star, also Naila Huda from Astro Awani. Taking a look at this next headline, funding for Chinese schools and UEC, different things, according to one academic, um, says Putrajaya does not need to recognize the Unified Examination Certificate in order to allocate funding for independent Chinese schools following the call for the government to do so by UMNO Secretary General Anwar Musa. Tio Kok Siong, a principal fellow at University Kubang and Malaysia's Institute of Ethnic Studies said recognition of UEC and funding for such schools were two different issues. Now, I guess w- the question is, should the government recognize the UEC to fund these independent schools? Parkrin? I think that shouldn't be the case because the independent schools are like what Theo says, are an essential part of the Malaysian education system. I mean, they're producing bright students. I mean, the, the quality of education is good. You have, I think, eventually Malay students from the primary school will be going up there too. So it's like it's becoming a cross kind of thing. Mm-hmm. A- and the funding is from taxpayers' money. I mean, it's not right. some special fund uh, allocated for them. So. Yeah. Everyone, everyone pays tax. Yeah, yeah. And, not, and, and not everyone will be getting the benefits of going to these schools. Yeah, th- th- I mean, that's the question. Yeah. But the point is, just like uh, you have other uh, schools or universities meant for particular races, so you know, that is being funded by taxpayers as well. So it, it, everybody benefits, the nation benefits by having these quality students. Because the UEC is now recognized, many of them have left the shores. We have lost quite a number of good people. Uh, Singapore has pinched a lot of UEC uh, candidates. So uh, I think these are two different things. Recognition should be a separate issue. Funding is another issue. Do not. And I think uh, I must say that Anwar uh, Musa is quite smart. He knows Pakistan will not recognize it for uh, recognize UEC for the moment. So he knows that, you know, if you don't recognize, you recognize and you fund, uh, it will work. He wants that. But there's not going to be any recognition. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, there won't be any funding. So he's trying to woo the Chinese voters for the by-election by saying that, oh, I'm happy with UEC. Right. Yeah, this sort of thing. So. Your thoughts, Naya? Yeah, I think putting racial politics aside, education is education. And as you said, it contributes to the general growth and development of the nation anyway. And uh, again, with what he said, the government has been supporting institutions that have been um, you know, mostly targeted towards uh, Malay students as well, exclusively. And so if you put aside the racial politics, what's the difference between that and funding an exclusively Chinese institution when, as you said also, in the future potentially it wouldn't have to be exclusively Mm -hmm. Chinese. We would potentially see non-Chinese students coming into that institution. But for the fact that they are independent schools, does this mean that they're private schools? Is is this the case? Yes, they are private schools. But you have many other private schools in the country. Mm -hmm. You have secondary, primary, huge number of private schools. It's, It's mushrooming. Yeah. So they are also contributing to the nation That's in terms of okay. you know, all aspects, education, I guess the funding. argument here, though, could be that not everyone can afford or get into these private schools. Therefore, they should self-fundraise. True. Yeah. Even independent schools are, are funded by themselves. Mm. And uh, the government should help. You're not funding the whole uh, system, not the whole schools. Right. With me this morning is Parkran Krishnan, former senior producer at Al Jazeera and columnist with The Star. Also, Naila Huda from Astro Awani. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look at if candidates should declare their assets in uh, any by-elections. That's up next here on Light. With me this morning on Front Page.
stage taking a look at the headlines for the news that matters. I've got Naila Huda, reporter from Astro Awani. Also, Parkrin Krishnan, columnist with The Star. Okay, so a lot of by-elections. It's like by-election season. Mm-hmm. And the Parti Socialist Malaysia candidate in the Semenye by-election has declared his assets and challenged his three opponents to do the same at a press conference in Semenye's old town. Nick Aziz Afik Abdul declared that his net asset worth is 15750 ringgit. He also declared that he has a 19,250 ringgit outstanding debt with the National Higher Education Fund and that he is single and lives with his parents. <laughs> so that that's nice. You know, he's very transparent about his um, debts and his uh, assets. This is a by-election. Is this a rule or even necessary for candidates to declare their assets at this point, uh, you know, in, in the whole election process. There's no such law, right? Yeah, There's it's no not a rule, but I don't think it should be made compulsory either. Okay. But it's it's admiring nonetheless to see someone stand up and try to sort of make a stance about his own credibility Ooh. and integrity and his transparency, especially why, in this age. Why do you age think it should not be made compulsory, Nella? Um, I think it's it's one man or woman's own right to decide whether or not to do that. I don't think it should be forced upon them to do that. And plus, I think it gives them a certain edge, a bigger edge a little bit, if they decide to do that out of their own will, which is what we see with this candidate. And mm. we could potentially see that with other candidates. And it should be promoted, this idea of being transparent, but I don't think it should be forced or made compulsory. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's admiring. And I think from um, a young person's own perspective it's it's nice to see someone you know that that's uh, representing the people and as well as representative of uh, the current economic state which is you know right. students being in in debt huge debt yeah so we can relate to that and it, it's nice to see someone uh, with political representation to understand how mm-hmm. that feels as well especially in this age of you know questioning politicians credibility all right Parker, and that's from a young young person's view yeah let me give you an old person's view. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Parky. I think, <laughs> I think honesty is a scarce commodity in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must be fair, not in this country, but mm-hmm. in this day and age in many countries. So if you make it voluntary, no voluntary, no one will declare. And I think you are running for public office. So there is an amount uh, of accountability that one should practice. You need to be an open book before people decide whether you, you want to choose him as your representative uh, as you as you know a lot of them in the past even declined to declare although they were asked to for example you had the federal territories minister who said no I'm not going to declare because I'm worried that kidnappers will come and kidnap my children wow. and come on that means you have a huge amount of wealth the question is be open it's not a matter of your wealth uh, that should decide whether you should be a candidate what's wrong in being rich I mean if you have uh, a billion dollar in your, in your bank account and you want to be a representative it's fine but the point is you declare so that you people will know how you acquired this wealth you know and uh, it's not by dubious means you need to uh, show and you cannot lie about declaring of assets because it will eventually uh, catch up on you and you will have to face the music as mm-hmm. we have seen in some cases. With me this morning is Parkrin Krishnan from The Star. Also, Naila Huda from Astro Awani. When we come back, UK MPs want... 
Facebook to be more regulated so as not to spread the disinformation on its platform. We've got that headline up next here on Light. And on front page this morning with me is Naila Huda from Astro Awani and Parkerin Krishnan from The Star. Let's take a look at this international bit of news. Facebook needs regulation as Zuckerberg fails. This is according to UK MPs. Now, Facebook needs far stricter regulations with tough and urgent action necessary to end the spread of disinformation on its platforms. A Commons committee in the UK has concluded that the firm's founder, Mark Zuckerberg, has failed to show leadership or personal responsibility over fake news. MP said that what was needed to deal with the proliferation of disinformation online and the misuse of personal data was a radical shift in the balance of power between social media platforms and the people. So what are your thoughts on this? Should fake news be regulated on Facebook? I don't think it's the role of Facebook, uh, especially not Mark Zuckerberg, to determine what is fake news, what is real, what is valid or not. Um, I think it's very dangerous for him to be able to define what's valid and what's mm-hmm. believable. I think it's the role of uh, multiple organizations and multiple layers in society to be able to connect and communicate with people. And I think it's through debate and conversations, especially like what we're having now, you know, to determine what is believable, what is fake, uh, what is valid. Because we see things like with Brexit and Trump and uh, with uh, populist politics, uh, we assume a lot of it is driven by fake news. And especially in Malaysian politics as well, a lot of news is circulated through WhatsApp. Yeah. And it is a real danger. But it is also the responsibility of organizations like the media, as well as the government officials to mm-hmm. communicate to the people. I think what was missing in Trump's politics and in what happened with Brexit is that they did not communicate enough with people. And I think media organizations lost a bit of its credibility that people had to sort of resort to other means of um, receiving their news. But yeah, so I think it's other people that should be responsible and definitely not uh, private corporations like Facebook to determine what's real. Right. Um, uh, Parkerin. Yeah, well, I agree. That's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, why should we allow them to censor uh, what we want to say? Yeah. Uh, we must not forget we have our Article 10 of the Constitution of Malaysia, which gives us the freedom to say what we want. <laughs> You know what I mean? To <laughs> <laughs> some know, extent. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, yeah. to every extent. But the thing is, there must be some form of controls. Education, like you said. I, I'm sure US would not implement it because they are very, they really abide by the uh, First Amendment, the freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. So while that is there, I think there are other legal recourses for the people affected by, by fake news. But the problem is, you only go for legal recourses after what is said and after the damage is done. Yeah. So it's a bit difficult. There must be some form of punitive measures, mm-hmm. not in the form of censorship, yeah. in the form of actions. While you allow people to say it, you must educate the people. And I think they should start from school. I, I, I'm not very sure, Nala, but I think mm-hmm. schools should start a module on, on fake news and, and the impact of it probably at right. certain point of the schooling system. I, I'm not sure how you go about that because I think uh political education is a bit tricky and you talk about the damage of fake news how do you even measure that um it's 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 a bit hard to measure that and with brexit a lot of people say that um the brexit vote was driven a lot by fake news um the misinformed vote there has been no evidence of that yet and even with um the u.s politics they say it's driven by uh, it was rigged by the russians and with you know just in the midst of all this fake news how do you go about proving that there has been no evidence of that yet and who are we to say that the vote were misinformed. All right. Well, interesting debate indeed. Uh, with me this morning, uh, Parker and Krishnan 
former senior producer at Al Jazeera and columnist with The Star. Currently, also, Naila Huda, reporter from Astro Awani. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Welcome Thanks for having us. us. Thanks, man.